mystery can be read in several different ways. We can think of this as we can be closed off and pretend to be someone else until we feel safe, which is, I think, how I read it when my mom used to talk to me Not about it. Not pretend. So Not how? Pretend. what is it really that you're suggesting? I'm suggesting when you go on a date, try to listen and observe. Versus and talk. Right. Because Absolutely. we're all so busy looking for the person to be like, oh, I'm so great, I'm so great, I'm so great. Look right. how great I am. Right. Look what I did. Look where I've been. Look what, how successful I am. Yeah, don't Look you want to be my boyfriend? Right. <laughs> where do you work? Where are you going? What you, where you eat? Where you drink? What are you wearing? Yeah. And, and so instead, we're supposed to listen and ask questions. Just listen and watch him. And what if he doesn't listen and watch me? Then you don't need him right away. That's a wrong date. It's a wrong person. I'm Rita, and you're listening to my podcast, You Can Do Better, episode one. We talk about the shit your adult friendships are too fragile to discuss out loud. If you like what you hear, give us a download and a listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can also follow us on Instagram at you.can.do.better.podcast. Or if you have comments, questions, or just lots of opinions and stories you really, really need to tell me, I would love to hear them. Please email me at rita.youcandobetter at gmail.com. So for the first episode of You Can Do Better, it's going to be taking a bit of a different format from the rest of the series. For the rest of the series, we have a third person weighing in on thematic episodes. Each episode, we're going to be talking about a different thing. But today, we're just going to give you a little bit of context. We're going to talk to my mom, Olivinik, matchmaker of 25 years. We're going to talk about everything from being a Soviet Russian refugee in the 90s in New York City to starting your own dating service as an immigrant in the United States and her own marriage. And then we're going to do some swiping and talking about sex and relationships in present day. So it should be fun. So stay tuned. back. So we are here to talk a little bit about sex and love with my mom, Ala Vinick. I'm Rita Vinick, your host. And today we're really going to give you a little bit of context on the rest of the show and what we'll be talking about. Uh, meet my mom. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so mommy, uh, I tell my friends a lot about you and they really love hearing about you. And you seem to be the only one who thinks that there's not much to hear. But I really want my audience and my listeners to know about you and where you come from and why uh, I chose to have you weigh in on these particular subjects. And, and, and my friends and listeners know that you've been a really huge part of how I see love and how I see relationships. And really, when we reflect... Our parents and our family really do shape those those images and those ideas in our heads. So why don't we go back a few years okay. <laughs> to when we first got here and you first started your first job and how did the whole 
matchmaking profession come to be? How did you know you were going to be good at it? How did it all come together? I, I did not know I'm going to be good in it. I just used to do it before I opened this business back many years ago. Introduce all my girlfriends in Russia to, in Russia to their future husbands. Uh, and every single time you did it, and every single time I did it, it worked. And how many times would you say you did it in Russia? About four or five times. It's a lot, I think. So where the fuck is my husband? Oh, uh, it's a big question. <laughs> like usually doctors don't cure their family. It's very wrong. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. not a good idea. So Yeah, so for those of you listening, uh, my mom is really good at her job, except for when it applies to me. <laughs> yes. Uh I think that part of that is my fault because I think I took a really long time to grow up and know what I want. But also, I think that when your mom picks out someone for you, they look at different things and the and the they they end up projecting a lot of the stuff that they want for you in the future. Um and thinking about those things first versus what you might be as an adult and what you might want. But let's talk a little more about Russia and uh, coming over here. So you set up your girlfriends when you were a teenager and when you were growing no, up? when I uh, been in college. Okay, okay. And how did you know each time that someone was supposed to be with someone else? Just a feeling? Just a feeling, just looking at people and talk to them. Or maybe I just want to introduce, for example, my best friend to my brother. Oh, right, 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 right. And have her in a family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it worked. And That's we got married. Cool. Mm-hmm. And few more times I introduced my girlfriends to someone I know. And so when we got here, where did the opportunity arise? How did it all pan out and, and happen? It just happened that I work next door to a dating service. And then what? And then I start talking to people in the waiting area. And I talk to them and I talk to them and they start telling me their stories. And I was listening. And then I was suggesting. And then I had a job offer from a business owner. From the business oh. owner of the waiting oh, room that you were yeah, hanging out Yeah, dating in. service, yes. I actually didn't know this no? detail, guys. Well, yeah. I started working for her. All right, all right. And then how fast did you start finding success? How did it, you just literally did exactly what you did in Russia. You just looked at people's faces and those look like they come yeah, together. Yeah, I just talk to people and listen and introduce them to the right person. That's it. It's just so, a feeling. Here's why I ask. I'm trying to pull out an answer because when we're signing up for our dating apps now, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot has changed, but a lot is still the same which is what something you say to me a lot, so that people haven't really changed. They're not really different. It's just that... They're very little bit different. Very people little bit o- different. Always the same. Exactly. Always the same. So it doesn't matter that your practice in setting people up started in a time where like yellow pages were the best we can do here yes, in the States. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, yes, nothing changed since then. But at the same time, so I, I, I look at Bumble and Hinge and we have to specify so many details before we start swiping left and right. We have to say, 
What am I looking for? Mm -hmm. What are my politics? Am I Jewish? Am I atheist? What's my deal breaker? My age breaker? My weight, height, whatever it is. See, I don't believe in all these profiles. I never done these profiles so accurate. Well, that's exactly what I'm, I really spend a lot of time thinking about where people don't need happiness. so much information in the beginning. How much information do we need in the beginning and how much information is too much? Information? How much information you need in the beginning? It's for my understanding. It's age. Mm -hmm. It's what you do for a living because you can uh, picture somebody's life interest. Mm -hmm. Height. Height is important. Sometimes for some people it's important. And it's about it. People have to meet and look at each other and talk. It right. has to be a mystery. It has to be a mystery. When I see your Instagram, mm -hmm. I know everything about you. But that's exactly it. We link our Instagrams yeah. to our dating profiles. So it's almost wrong. like someone... Wrong. It's wrong. wrong. You think it's wrong. You have to go out. You think girl. that someone should not be screening on the level that we should, we're screening Absolutely each other? Absolutely not. Too much information about your life, what you did before, what you're doing now. Let the guy look at your face, in your face, at your face. You know. okay. And has his own opinion who you are. And little by little, he'll learn about who you are. And you start to understand who he is. I think that we Without. all have a commitment phobia in that sense where you commit to a stranger... Uh, by going out. You commit to a stranger by going out and commit to finding out about them in the painful way versus just reading about them and saying, ah, yeah, he sounds like he wouldn't be that great for me. And, and it could be wrong, right? It he could, could be, be super great for you. wrong. And, and also, how many, how many relationships we, how many relationships I know start from, oh, our first date was awful. Right. And how many relationships I've 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 heard start that say our first date was absolutely horrendous, second date was okay. So so. Yeah, so so. And then by the third date, he or she said something that I couldn't ignore and I fell in love right on that spot. I've heard this story over and over again from people who are yeah, seemingly happy. This life it's happened. And you don't need to know 100% information about this person to feel this way. That's true. So fine, we we understand that certain things. This are the is same. my opinion. Yeah. This is only my opinion. And opinions are really all we have to work with yeah. because no one is a real expert on this. Even guys, even though there are plenty of people charging you thousands of dollars to match you up with the masses and give you advice on your profiles and give you advice on what you're doing wrong and right. At the end of the day, a matchmaker is no different from another person. And maybe they have a lot of more qualitative research to look at, you know, these different scenarios. But you have to take everything with a grain of salt, just like when you go to a therapist and they give you some advice. You have to think that it's coming from a person who has their own issues, who might also be projecting those issues onto you. So That's true. And, and that goes also for confiding in your girlfriends or your guy friends. People are flawed. And... That's something that we should all take into account when we're asking people advice and we're, we're thinking these things through. So we understand that stuff has stayed really predominantly the same. What do you think is different? Information. That's what is different right now. Everything is available. Everything is no available. No mystery. So it takes the romance no out mystery. of life? 
Is it? Do you think that? Is, yes, partially. You, yes, it takes a romance and it takes something missing. And I cannot put my finger exactly what's missing, but exactly this information and a lot of pictures and a lot of um, yeah information. Too much. Too much information. Too much information. You heard it, guys. Get a little more mysterious. Yes, and especially girls has to be more mysterious. Let's talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a few issues with my mom's view on these things, and I think that this makes for a bit of an interesting conversation because I've always assumed, not assumed, really believed that this is a generational thing. Women have to be mysterious and blah, blah, blah. But I also am now realizing it's not. It's not a generational thing. My mom might be extremely right. And uh, mystery can be read in several different ways. We can think of this as we can be closed off and pretend to be someone else until we feel safe, which is, I think, how I read it when my mom used to talk to me not about pretend. it. So not pretend. So what is it really that you're suggesting? I'm suggesting when you go on a date, try to listen and observe. Versus and talk. Right. Absolutely. Because we're all so busy looking for the person to be like, oh, I'm so great, I'm so great, I'm so great. Look right. how great I am. Right. Look what I did. <laughs> Look where I've been. Look what, how successful I am. Yeah, don't Look you want to be my boyfriend? Right. <laughs> where do you work? Where you going? What you, where you eat? Where you drink? What are you wearing? Yeah. And, and so instead we're supposed to listen and ask questions. Just listen and watch him. And what if he doesn't listen and watch me? Then you don't need him right away. That's a wrong date. It's a wrong person. So there has to be really an even... The, the, I think the first litmus test we're talking about is really the ability to listen to the other person. Yeah. It has to be interesting. His eyes and your eyes just looking at each other. Just feel each other. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those things that feels obvious, but not. Uh, when, we're, when we show up to a date, we're so strung out on being nervous or excited or absolutely. Uh, hopeful, really. Hopeful, absolutely. And has to be there. You have to be hopeful but, every time. But that affects how we communicate. So what I'm saying is what your, your advice is great advice. Mm -hmm. But in practice, I find myself... And sure, I need practice <laughs> and I practice, need to get better. Practice. Yeah, <laughs> I need practice and get better. But uh, essentially, my girlfriends and I share the same kind of you get excited, you're, you're sharing yourself. And it sounds like you're really like just about yourself when you're you're talkative and you're chatty. Yes. And so it's something that but I guess needs to be curbed. This. You have to control this. Absolutely. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it for as long as possible. Hold it. Hold it like your pee. Hold oh, it. Oh, yeah, like your pee, if, if it's possible. <laughs> okay. What were some of your favorite parts of being a matchmaker? Just talk to people. It's always fun. What about when you saw people actually falling in love and starting to benefit from your services? This is a real joy, but it's not... So often you see this. Mm -hmm. First, you start with talking to people and listening to their stories. And every story is unique in a way. Mm -hmm. And then you think about this person and then you think who could be good for him or her. And then you're trying to match. And then they're giving you feedback about their dates, about their feelings. And this is more fun. The... The post-mortem analysis right. and helping them through what Absolutely. went on. Absolutely, right. 
That is really fun. It is fun sometimes. Unless you're on the other end and it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It sucked. It's often happened that it sucked, but it's life. Have there been, uh, I, 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 growing up, I know I, I heard a lot of stories and I heard a lot of, um, a lot of things that felt like the people out there are not so great and really shitty things happen between people. Absolutely. What are, what are some of the horror stories that you've heard? Anything that comes, don't know. comes I, to mind? I have anything that comes to mind right now. I don't know. People just, I cannot just remember any particular story right away. But I know that sometimes people hurt each other's feelings. People being, behaving bad. And is being it usually... Mean. Mean. Is it usually the men or the women who are behaving badly? Or is it like an even split? Both. Both, Both. right? Women are equal assholes. Yes. But men are more assholes than women, I think. Why do you think that is? I feel like we're more apt and better at lying and they're still the bigger assholes. Yes. Is it because they get caught more than we do or No, because they have more choices. They have more choices than women. Men have more choices, yes. Even more than a hot woman. A hot woman versus a hot man. A hot woman has more choices than an ugly woman. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but man still has more choices than a beautiful woman. Why is that? It's like... is it? Be- it's not that he has more choices. It's because he has freedom to act on his choices. This too. She has to worry about being considered a slut or right. feeling like a slut. Yeah, probably this. Yeah, But that's societal conditioning. So... There is a documentary out um, on HBO about the dating world. And? and it's super clear that the dating world has gone down the tubes in, in how, how we regard each other physically and how quickly we jump into things. And I know that even growing up, when I told you about my stuff, you were like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you shouldn't have done that so right, quickly. That's my opinion, yes. Yeah, and, and but sometimes it does not matter how Sometimes quickly. it doesn't matter at all. It's matter who you is. Right. Yes, you can wait and hold it. <laughs> and hold it uh, like your pee. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning if you hold it for, a few, for right. a few dates and you finally get to it, you're like, ugh. Right. Like that wasn't worth the wait. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, some things are not worth the wait, but you'll you'll have to figure it out the same way either way. I mean, you can't just speculate, right? Right. Um, what were we talking about? The how quickly to jump in bed and how uh, women no, feel like yeah, but women feel like no they should. No prescription here. No prescription, but no. it se- it sounds like um, sex is being treated a lot more casually with by the younger generation now. Uh, more casual even, than your generation. Yeah, even more casual I, than I, my I generation. I cannot imagine how more casual it could be. Oh well, that's my it mom's way of telling casual. me. I'm uh, telling me that my, my friends and I were yeah. super slutty, but <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. Um, just for listeners out there, we were normal. We were we were normal college kids who did our thing, and m- my mom was privy to all the stories, and they just clashed a little bit with our stories. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in the in the the next episode, we'll be talking to my best friend, and she'll she'll have more to say on that. But really, yes, they're they're much more. Um, they're much more loose. They go on these apps and what they showed on this documentary is they mm-hmm. go on these apps and a lot of the times you were able to specify like what you're looking for. And if you're looking for something casual, you could write it down. 
and you get linked up, and it's essentially like just Why a, you'll have to a go fuck to buddy. An app to get casual sex. Yep. Go to the bar. Well, because then you have to wait till 3 a.m. and wait for somebody to be brave about it. And you have to be drunk. And you want to do it at 2 a.m. Correct. <laughs> okay, so go a Or preferably here. 8 p.m. so I can get a full night's sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, guys, I am not uh, partaking in this particular trend. Uh, at 32, it's not quite as fun getting naked with a stranger as it is at 22 uh i'm serious it's it's true you get you have this different itch at 22 no pun intended uh <laughs> you have a different itch at 22 than you do at 32 and my girlfriends and i always talk about how like we just we just can't do it anymore we can't Since go out and we can uh thanks mom um, <laughs> oh, feels so much better <laughs> my mom's seen some of the dopes it's it's uh it's been a ride. Uh, she's seen the improvement in taste. Absolutely. I think so, right? Yes. I'm yeah, getting better. Yeah. So life is life is a constant evolution and a constant growth process. Do you think matchmaking works? Do you think that if someone is doing it using data and using what they use today, where, you know, someone who's in your position... By the way, my mom did this business back in the day before the internet was even a thing. Right. You did such a good job of stepping out of it while you still could. Uh, at the time, I thought, you know, mom, you have to get a website, do this, do that. Match.com was coming out, uh, was around like early 2000s was coming out and getting stronger and stronger. So my mom left the business at that time and hasn't really been in it in an official capacity. So if you try to find her on a website, you won't, which makes her kind of even more exclusive and awesome. So (laughs) um, basically what we have as proof of my mom's professional life is a stack of glamour shots. stack of glamour shots of former clients and um, little scribbles on the back of like their height and their description. And I remember I used to come into your office Mm -hmm. and see stacks and stacks of photos. And then on the back of a photo of some Russian chick who thought she was really, really impressive on sprawled out on her couch with her fur. And on the back, it would say something like five foot 10 blue eyes. And that's it. Dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is all information somebody needed to meet her. So how do you match five foot ten blue eyes and dumb bitch? Simple. Very simple. Where do you, you find dumb her, bitch and match? You give her clean cut, gorgeous, successful man. And they good together. Well, that's dumb it. bitch gets the gorgeous, successful man. What would non-dumb bitches get? Something even better. Really? There's something better than that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Okay. So then why do we think that the gorgeous, successful man is the one that goes to the dumb bitch? And then who's better? Who's better in what term? When you say the girl who's not a dumb bitch gets something better, who who do you find to be better than the gorgeous, rich, successful man? Like, let's say I'm... Kind, nice, successful... Thoughtful. Funny, not gorgeous, not full of himself. Good. Like... That's into it. you, man. 
Right. Yeah, so just so you guys know, I have an I have a thing. It's much better than successful gorgeous. I don't date tens. I don't date empirically good-looking men, and that's not because my boyfriends are ugly. It's just that when you fall in love with someone who hasn't spent their life quaffing themselves in the mirror, it is an entirely different experience, and my mom has always taught me that, and yeah. I think that this is, this is one the of best. the most important yeah. things. This we have to try to find. Yeah, and we're actually going to be doing some swiping with mom late, in a few okay. minutes, um, because that's really one of the more entertaining things that my mom <laughs> can do. <laughs> um, so before we move on to swiping and having a little fun, what do you think is the most important thing in a relationship to really make it last? And before you answer that, I want you to tell the audience and our listeners how you met my daddy and how exactly it all transpired, because I know the story, and it's really held a very, very high bar in my life. Grateful for it. The story is very simple. I met your daddy through my friend because I was really desperate to meet somebody nice. Real. Desperate. Real, desperate. But you're not desperate. But I desperation was in a way, is not a thing. I know. Desperation is bad. But I was desperate. I was very alone. Very lonely. Because your mom passed away yes. and you were without yes. family. And I asked all my friends to introduce me to someone. What age was this? It was 20. Okay, super 20, young, baby super age. Super young, yes. Baby age. But so back, back then, then it, it happened was differently. Not super young. Some of my girlfriends were already married. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he just came to my apartment and say hi, and I looked at him. You hold on, hold on, guys. This is just grazing over details. What condition were you in when my, when oh, Papa came I, into your I house the first time? I was sick with the flu, and I was in bed. But he was going to the movie with my friends, and he stopped. They all stopped by, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and it was it. I knew it's my husband. I always think about I knew this. It. I would I knew never it. let my friends introduce me to anyone while I'm on my f- sick bed with the flu, looking they like shit. They asked my permission. And I was so sure that I'm still gorgeous that I let him in. <laughs> this is a confidence I've had. That's the confidence that is rare. Yes. Uh, I definitely won't show my face in public if I'm looking see, like the flu. I had no makeup. I was sick. But we liked each other. That's it. That's beautiful. That's and he it. called you the next day? He called me the next day. I thought I'm going to die before I I was not sure if he going to call me. And he called me and we talked for three days. And what did you tell your father? Uh, what would happen if he didn't call you? Then I go to St. Petersburg and fuck everybody I'll meet. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, guys. My father, my father saved my mother, but also deprived the men of St. Petersburg. (laughs) Some pretty guy, very handsome guys in St. Petersburg. He deprived the entire city of St. Petersburg of my mom's titties. (laughs) They're good ones. (laughs) Okay, great. So that's the story. And then how soon after that did you know you were going to marry him? Two minutes in? He proposed in a few weeks. Three, so I think it's it was three weeks, right? Something like that? Yeah, something, maybe less. Yeah, less. And yeah, by the no, way, guys, I've, weeks, yes. I've asked about this story a million times. My whole life, I've never really gotten a straight answer as to who proposed to who and who got the idea in their head about the marriage because every time my dad <laughs> listens to this <laughs> he story, he's like... Of course he proposed, but not in a formal way. He like just, laying around in bed and being like, you want to be my wife, right? No, not like this. <laughs> he said, if I have to go and work somewhere and... Uh, 
different city. Would you go with me? And I said, of course, I go anywhere with you to North Pole. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so and that I was, knew I would go. I did not just say That it. was code for you have me forever. Right. That's right. beautiful. It was nice for 38 years. <laughs> we're on 38 now. Yeah, we're in 38 now. What were the most difficult parts of your relationship versus your favorite parts? And what would you tell someone about making something last for 38 years? It was no difficult parts. Just first year was a little difficult because I did not use to live with someone. It was a little difficult, but actually not. You were it was just different. It him. was just different, right? It's never been difficult, and I don't believe when people say you have to work on your relation. I don't know what does it mean. How you work on your relation? You just love someone, and he loves you back. And you care. What if there and are you things... take care. And that's it. Simple. I know what, what working on your relation means. I don't. It's when two people come together and not everyone understands everything the okay, other person does. You talk, does you learn says. a little bit about each other. You respect. From respect comes understanding. Sure. I think you and Papa have something extremely rare and it's super, super difficult to imagine ups and downs without working. Yes. Right? It's 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 hard to imagine for someone young who's never been in a relationship like that to say, you're not going to throw your hands up the next time something really, really bad happens. And how do you survive a big fight where you don't talk for a day or so? Or how do you survive when you're super angry with the person? And I think um, someone told me this definition of love a really long time ago and I think I really agree with it so the definition of love is you see an old couple in the rain mm -hmm. and they're fighting and they hate each other at that moment and they're facing back to back and it's clear that there's a lot of discord but it's raining and he's holding an umbrella and right. he's holding the umbrella over both of you right because it doesn't matter whether you're angry absolutely that's, that's it doesn't what matter it what happened absolutely right and I see that often in Papa Mm -hmm. And he, even when he comes to me about any issues with you, mm. it's probably mostly because you and I are very similar creatures. <laughs> and, uh, and it seems to me that even when he's upset, he understands. Absolutely. And he, the way he discusses you is with the utmost empathy and understanding and really from a place of yeah, she just really yelled at me, mm -hmm. and I'm not happy, mm -hmm. but how do I make her feel better so that she doesn't feel like yelling? But he actually knows every time how to make me feel better. Uh, right, he's not asking me, yeah. he's he's he just saying that... He never needs advice from anyone. No, no, it's not advice, yeah. it's a sounding board, it's different. So, advice is coming from confusion. Sounding board is, okay, let's think this through. I'm dealing with this person for 35 years. I still know how to deal with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's no secret. There's no, no anything. No secret. Everything is so clear. No secret. Just love someone. And like I said, respect. What is respect? For me, for my understanding, you cannot even go to bed with guy if you don't respect him. How are you going to be excited about someone? 
if you don't respect him. I realize that our brains and our vaginas are very closely tied, but okay, so we we all have different destination with brain and vagina. Probably we all different in this way. That's true. Me, I would never fall in love with a guy who I don't respect. Well, that's also a very vague thing to say well you don't respect i mean you might not respect a guy with tattoos who works in a tattoo shop i respect him i respect him too why wouldn't I? my point is that everyone has a different definition of respect and yeah, my but it's who you are mm-hmm. and who you respect it's that's I don't, true I don't exactly care about so contextual definitions it's contextual respect. yep so you have to decide so internally for you sexy you see, when respect you respect the guy, sexy, yes. you look up at him and you are like admire him for the, who he is. Then you're excited about him, and then you're excited to get naked. Absolutely, yeah, it's true. all connected. I agree. I agree. I think uh, if I don't respect you, I immediately yeah, if you don't have this, okay. cannot imagine getting naked with you, and can only imagine the moment where you leave me alone and stop talking. Hey guys, we're back. So uh, we're talking a little bit. So the, for those of you who are just joining us, we're talking to my mom. Mom was a matchmaker for about 25 years before the Match.com era came about and apps and all of that stuff. We're talking a little bit about what brought her success on in the first place. And um, I tell a lot to my friends about the effect my mom has on men and how when she gets pulled over by a cop on the road, it's not really to get a ticket, it's to get solicited for her phone number. <laughs> so <laughs> long time ago. No, she's being like, modest. It's like whiny. two years ago it happened again. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I hope my husband not listening. No, yeah, it's too long of a show. He's not gonna listen. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh let's talk a little bit about what made the success from your from your business and how you really realized there was a huge opportunity in setting American men up with Russian women and how there was a wave of immigration at the start of your business and how that helped. I'm thinking how to start mm-hmm. uh, to explain in, in this situation. It was time, yes, it was a second wave of immigration when we came and some American men already had an experience. They met here and there a Russian woman. Maybe some of their friends got married to a Russian woman. Second wave means that in the 1989. Right. The first wave was early 70s. And then by the right. time we got here, people had experience with they, Russian people by then. And they just uh, were observing Russian women and like something about the culture. For example, like I told my Dora, only Russian woman can wake up in the morning and do shopping and clean the house or apartment and cook dinner for 20 people and going out at night and looking like a princess. So to clarify for listeners, it's not that only a Russian woman can do this, but it seems as though that at that time, at least, I don't know if it's the same as now, because uh, I have a lot of friends who cook and clean and and still get dolled up at, at right. night. But, but at the t- at the time, it was it was very much Russian culture to 
Hold your house down. Keep it clean. Right. Take care of your man and then still look like a fucking queen by the end of the day. Right. And that's what my mom is really talking about. Because sometimes I talk to American women and it's either, oh, some of them professional. They have nothing to do with cleaning and cooking. That's right. Some of them housewives. They have and nothing they look to do like with professionalism. Right? right. And they clean and cook all day and then they don't know how they look. They don't want to know how they look. Right. They, they look, raise children. They look like they've been doing that right. all day. Right. They gain 50 pounds and three years of marriage and forget it. And the Russian women seems to be more focused on looking good and keep the house clean and be professional. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, but it's the way of life for a lot of Russian women. It's the way of life for a lot of women, period. I was I, watching my mom all my life doing this. She was a doctor. She was a neurologist. Right. So for those of you listening, my grandmother, um, God rest her, she passed away of leukemia when my mom was about 17. Yes. And... She was a military doctor who was so well-respected and so well-admired for not only her professional prowess, but her kindness and her beauty. Right. But as I remember her, she always was dressed nicely, looking good, happy. The stress of her life never made her I I don't remember stress. I remember happiness and very good dinners all the time. Wow. How she did it? I don't know. That's a lot to live up to, but yes. you live up to it. I'm trying. I'm not a doctor. You live up to it, mommy. You do a great job. I know. <laughs> she knows. Okay, know. so now it's my favorite part of the show where we're going to do some swiping. I have a lot of different opinions, and my mom has a lot of different opinions. And I think one of my favorite things to do with my mom is to show her what I'm working with here out in this <laughs> fucking world. So now... Without further ado, Mom, we're going to go through Bumble and then we're going to go through Hinge. So the difference between the two is Bumble, Mm -hmm. the girl, is the only one who could start a conversation. Oh, God. I like it already. The power in our hands and there's no stigma when I do because that's just how the the brand, the the app works. Okay. And then in Hinge, they they assault us with the messages. So... (laughs) But only we have to see the picture. Your listeners are not going to see the pictures. That's like that. right. So they're only so going to they're only going not... to hear your uh, commentary. So one thing I always say is, when I open up your Hinge or Bumble profile, if your photo has either sunglasses or your better looking friends in the picture, you're getting fucking swiped left immediately because you're an idiot. And you show bad judgment. And I don't know if my mom has the same same ideas, but okay, we're looking at a guy who's actually got a pretty clear picture in his first one, but it looks like he's like mid-sentence. So basically... Let me see his face. Yeah, so yeah, take a he's look. He's showing his apps and, you know, in this case, I would rather see him in glasses and not to see his eyes <laughs> because they stupid. <laughs> I think so too. Okay. Um, okay oh, see, he one. is a dumbass. So see, the next, that's it. and just so the audience knows, because I know you guys can't see this, mm-hmm. but I think that a narrative is just as good sometimes. So the next, the next picture of this guy is like mouth open, thumbs up with his DOS boot. My mom just swiped right on this person. I don't know why, but where boom, 
We're a match. Oh my god. I'm going to say no. No. <laughs> um, Lavar, forty. No. We say no right away, right? No, right away. It's not you. Okay, Russell, okay. thirty-four. This guy is very cute. I agree. And and he's he got a puppy. Is holding a. He didn't go to college. Doesn't That's matter. his education level. What do you mean it doesn't matter? I don't know. Maybe he's street smart. No, he's not. You want me to marry someone who's street smart? Mm, could be, but not this one. No. Okay, this so one let me not. get this straight. If I bring someone home... Right. ...who hasn't gone to college... Right. ...this is not an immediate deal breaker for you? Absolutely not. It's all matter what he's doing in his, with his life right now and where he's going. What he doing right now with his life maybe he's the most exciting person and doing the that's probably true i mean a lot of really successful some people business, didn't go to college something else whatever he does if it's not silly he can be very successful and sometimes silly careers are also very lucrative yeah, this is not yeah definitely not and another thing uh, i see a lot on on these apps is we're just looking for a girl so i can delete this app look guys we know that this process is fucking miserable. We are all looking for someone so we can delete this app. No one likes to do this if we're genuinely Same looking thing. through it. So stop wasting the, the space on your profile. We okay. get it. Anyone else? Okay, we're going to left swipe. All right, what about this doofus? Need to see more pictures. Good eyes. He's a good. He's a special education teacher, 34. Very nice eyes. 5'10". That's a little short for me. I'm 5'9", guys. I Heels, I'm almost six. In heels, I'm almost six. But also, guys, stop lying about your height. Yeah, stop lying about so... your height. Because if I show up to the date in heels and you are motorboat height, I hate you from minute one. From minute one. No, you cannot kiss me. I will not bend down. No. So please save me the fucking trouble and give me your 5'8 to begin with so both of us can save ourselves some time. 5'10, why I say 5'10 is too short is because my last boyfriend mm -hmm. said he was 5'11 and really, God bless him, he was good enough in so many ways and he he had so many redeeming qualities. So I overlooked the 5'8, but in the so end... you can overlook 5'10. Uh, what I'm saying is it might not be 5'10 nice is what okay, I'm saying. He might be lying. So you, you ask him a few more times. Yeah, I'll ask him a few more guy. times. He, um, however, you like that he's showing his uh, pecs and, and abs. You think that's a good this character? This I don't like much, but don't be so judgmental. He's I hate the man who puts the uh, shirtless photo. Yeah, I get he it. He wants to be honest. He wants, he to, wants to be what he's all about. Okay, so okay. then I should post pictures in my bathing suit. Absolutely not. There we go. That's the equivalent. The, absolutely that's not. That's exactly so, the equivalent. I'm still. so turned off. Long Island, New York. Wow. He's from Babylon. Very good. Long Island. You can meet him tonight. Well, actually, I honestly see, like, this is funny because for the apps that have, um, so cute. give you a match for, he is not cute, mom. He is a dumb ass. And this is all I need to see. Okay. So for the apps that are based on distance matches where they calibrate, okay, give me all my matches within the, uh, the closest 5, 10 miles. As I sit down on a train from Manhattan to Long Island, mm -hmm. I watched the, the, the quality of my matches change from a very, like, it's either... Lawyers and finance guys who live in Fidei in Manhattan, and then we're 
we're on the train and we keep going east and and <laughs> and and you know naturally the matches start becoming like works for you being shallow okay works Let, for self okay. and uh he's a trainer for a living and he's a construction worker or okay. whatever oh joey yeah And also the, the names get significantly more Italian yeah, as you go east. Joey. No. John Joey. <laughs> he's a teacher and he's bilingual. That's fantastic. It's so impressive that you know Italian. All right. No. No, no, no. Okay. This is nice. This is, okay, Mike 39, he's an attorney. Very nice face. I actually agree. I agree, I agree. Let's see some more. I How think you miss, so he's 5'11". He's 5'11". I hope he doesn't mean 5'. Yeah. Oh, he's super cute. He is so cute. Look and, at that smile. Oh, my God. And the dog is amazing. Oh, yeah. Guys, that is one thing you do right. Put yeah. the dog pictures in. We oh know you have a soul. Oh, my God. Here, here. And he has it lion cubs. Lion. He's cute, he's cute. Very cute. I'll do that, I'll do that. Do Swipe right, my... he's on Long Island, though. Okay, where? And doesn't say. Okay. Uh, but basic, most people I get matched with on Long Island are teachers. Very good, it's okay, teacher is okay. I, don't, I actually Maybe don't mind a very the teacher. Good teacher. I find teachers yes. and nurses and, and anything wrong. requiring you to take care of another human being right. a super huge Beautiful. turn on yes. and uh, totally in, in the running nice face he's got a niece i love it when men use their the babies yeah, in their family to like manipulate me and cats, right. yeah So I never went out with any of those dudes, but I've been dating a lot more lately, and especially since I moved to L.A. from New York City a year ago, and I have so much to say. And the rest of the series, we talk with a few of my friends, whether they're uh, a YouTube influencer or a comedian or just a person out here in L.A. or in New York City trying to survive in that single world. We're going to talk about some heated subjects that you don't want to talk about with anyone else. So... Stay tuned for the next episode when my friend Matt Kessler of Too Many Records on YouTube visits us to discuss my favorite subject, friendships. Friendships outside of relationships that might be construed as potential romantic relationships. What do I have to say about them? What does Matt have to say about them? What does my mom have to say about them? Well, you'll just have to tune in and listen. And then until then... Give us a follow on Instagram at you.can.do.better.podcast. I know it's a mouthful. Or if you're dying to email me and get heard like right away, email me at rita.youcandobetter at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>